I'll work from that office. <laughs> so stupid. There we go. Yeah, I like to work from my office. Right. For I those of you do. who are just tuning in, listen, Larry's working from his smoking hot wife's office. And mm-hmm. <laughs> usually when we try to record, there's always something <laughs> fucked up. And we literally, he's working from mm-hmm. Ashley's office. Mm-hmm. We log in. Perfect. Everything's perfect. Yeah. Look at that. This is your wife's mm-hmm. energy. I'm not mm, saying your energy yeah. sucks. She but- makes me stand on the other side of the room. No, no, it's not good. It's not good around computers in particular, right? It's right. not. And she will make me energy being. It's not your is, best. She will, no, especially around computers. And when I am frustrated and I and I am beating my knuckles into the keyboard like a crazy chimp, <laughs> trying to make the magic happen in the shiny Lindsay, box. Can you edit in like a monkey sound? Yeah, it's cute the monkey sounds. And and then Ashley go, get that's it, get up, get up, go stick. And she points and she goes, go go over there. Like go over on your bed or something, you know, like give me a corner. Go lay down. Go lay down. Go lay down. Go lay down. And I go over there and she's and then she goes and fixes it. And she's like, see, it's just your energy. I'm like, oh man. That's what I get from marrying a stone cold witch. That's what I'm saying. That woman, her energy. Yeah. It's magical. It is magical. Welcome back to another episode Mm -hmm. of Not Your Mama's Therapy. Here we go. I'm excited for this one because, listen, we, we try to keep our podcast, like, timeless so that you're not listening to it and thinking oh they recorded this during the summer oh they recorded this during the winter whatever mm-hmm. but it is the holidays mm-hmm. and i think this topic today is a good segue yeah. from our conversation about boundaries with yeah. family this this could be a topic that has to do with family any relationship really in your life because this this one this one will absolutely affect every relationship in your life and you have to be prepared mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. So that topic is the downsides of healing. So the downsides of your mm-hmm. healing journey. Mental, emotional, spiritual. Right. Exactly. I suppose I should introduce you. Welcome back to Not Your Mama's Welcome Therapy. Back. Good to be here. I'm here with Lair Torrent, licensed marriage and family therapist and published author of The Practice Ooh, of Love. Yeah. Yes. So I'm Sarah Card. I am your host. I am a therapy sommelier, if you will. I enjoy all different types of therapy. <laughs> I, like I like that. A therapy sommelier. I'm mm-hmm. an expert of none. Well, that's debatable. <laughs> yeah, I'm Can we talk you. for a moment about the blonde hair? Oh, what do you think? I like it. Thank yeah. you. I, I, you know, I usually do the crazy colors and this time I was like, you know, I'm vibing with blonde. Mm-hmm. So it looks nice. Thank you. Thank you for noticing. Mm-hmm. I would like to talk about something, yeah. something that I think is going to make you upset, which is how hard I won Christmas this year. How so? Well, I'm just, I'm just saying in the next couple weeks, you will realize why I'm the better friend. Okay. <laughs> you just. Actually, I have a question. Did Santa come early to your house? Because did you receive anything? I have not received anything. Oh, that's interesting because we received a note saying that you had received something. So we have a problem with the North Pole. 
Uh, listen, so first of all, they're they're terrible about those notifications. But second of all, I do have a small pile of boxes that I'm never sure if they're gifts or something I ordered because I'm that disorganized. There's a few there's a few things from Santa coming your way as well. So one of which I am so goddamn excited about that I can't, but I can't tell you, even though it's, it's not even for you, it's for Jake and Jasper, but I'm so excited about it because I think it's really fucking cool. Buckle up. Well, if it's, if it's anything like cash, they're going to love it. (laughs) Oh my God. Aunt Sarah with the filthy mouth just sent us $2,000. What the fuck? Instantly vaulted to favorites. Favorite aunt. Shit. That's all I have to do, huh? Bribe them. I'm writing this down. They're they're easy. They're totally easy that way. Well, so so last year I had sent you the the family, like this like cookies thing. Mm I feel like a couple months later, Ashley posted this beautiful post about her journey with the challenges you faced with your son and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that was in the post was that he's gluten free now. And I'm like, fuck me. Those cookies weren't gluten free. Mm -hmm. He just could look at He could look at the cookies, Sarah. How do you feel about that? Yeah. Yeah. He smelled smelled them. He got to play with them. Like he could could make make characters out of them. But he can't eat them. No, because Aunt Sarah doesn't know shit. Uh, Listen, I've carried that weight with me. Okay, all year. So Uh, buckle up. I'm knocking it out of the park this year. I'm like, look at the cookies, boys. And they're right in the fucking trash. Now go give them to Mike the neighbor who doesn't care about his body. (laughs) Free gift. You know what? Listen, listen, at least I sent a gift. Okay. At least I sent something. You know what? That's true. That's true. I totally fucking (laughs) shit the bed. It's the worst, worst, worst friend ever. Uh, should we get to it the was, topic at hand? At some it was point? pretty lonely up here. I bet. No, I will not. I, I'm I'm spending too many minutes tearing you apart. It's <laughs> so good because there's no reprieve. I can't. There's nothing I can say other than yeah, just awful friend. You know, in my defense, I didn't. I hadn't. I didn't know we at the time we had gotten to that point. We were going to do gifts now. And, you know, you were the one who made the first move. Um, I got to tip my hat to you. You know, you did it. You said, listen, this is the friendship I want. This is the friendship I'll have. And I was like, slow on the uptake. Because you know what? Yeah. Wounding. Childhood wounding. I'm going to go right there. I'm familiar with the phrase, you're not your best friend's best friend. And I think that was really (laughs) exemplified last year when (laughs) (laughs) those fucking cookies. Those gluten-filled poison box cookies. How quickly between when you opened them and when Ash saw them, did they just end up in the trash? Like how quickly quickly was the transfer? No, because I look at the boys and I eat the cookies in front of them and go, I'm not (laughs) gluten-free. Sorry. I'm fine. Suckers. Yeah. Watch. Don't get it. Maybe if you guys were her friend, she'd send you something. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's talk about the downsides of healing. It's too fun right now. (laughs) 
So, you know, we we t- always talk about like, here are the things that people need to work on. Here are the things that, you know, you're trying to improve. Here are the five practices that can be sort of your guideposts in this journey of healing. But we kind of don't talk about what happens when you you reach a certain point in your journey where mm-hmm. you actually have healed some childhood trauma and you've recognized some of the parts of yourself that come up and you've changed the narrative you have with your spouse and et cetera, et cetera. Like what happens now when now suddenly you're good at enforcing boundaries? Mm-hmm. And do you how how often does that kind of thing happen Listen, with your clients? <laughs> Once on the path and they start seeing some of the good things that come up for themselves personally with respect to their healing, whether that healing is mental, emotional, spiritual, or, or, or all of the above. And they start enforcing those boundaries, like you said. And what they begin to notice is the people around them suddenly aren't as uh, enthusiastic about them as they once were. Very often there's discord and disharmony. Mm-hmm. And they come back to me sort of mm-hmm. shaking their heads going, you know, Lair, wh- wh- what's going on here? And I said, well, you're, I don't put this on the front of the website because no one would come. This is the downside of healing. You are changing the rules. And when you change the rules of engagement and you, mm-hmm. you are retooling the cultural fabric of your relationships People get pissed. People are like, what's wrong with you? What's going on with you? Why are, why are you doing this? Why are you suddenly saying no or before you said yes? You know, and so mm-hmm. people do. They end up getting their first stroke the wrong way on, on this and they come back to you going, what's so wrong with you? What are you doing? And, and by the way, this is something that happens. Who the fuck is that therapist of yours and what is he telling you? Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't give me that therapy talk <laughs> is something I've heard before where you're like, what? What? <laughs> I'm just trying to be a good person. I'm just trying to heal myself. <laughs> Seriously. How often in those situations are you able to help your clients sort of navigate conversations with these people? Or do you more often see, you know, this person probably shouldn't stay in your life? Or is there a balance between the two? Mm-hmm. The short answer is there's a, there's a balance between the two. But usually these, these relationships that are now somewhat in peril are important ones. So we will try to go back and have conversations or write letters or send emails, have sit downs, sometimes multiple sit downs where we discuss what's going on and, and why this person is doing this new thing, has this new boundary, has this new behavior, won't come to Christmas. I have you in my heart, but I can't have you in my house. Sometimes it's something that happens again and again. We will try because, again, some of these relationships, they are siblings. They are best friends. They are uh, family members of all ilk and often mothers and fathers. Mm. So my clients will come back to me when we finally get to that place of perhaps we have to create more distance or God forbid, we have to sometimes cut people out of our lives. Mm. That happens. Mm. And they'll say to me, you know, Lair, what is going on? And I said, I know, I know. Sometimes when we begin to level up in this way and we heal and we start to see the foibles of our past and the way we've behaved and the way we've allowed people to behave, mm-hmm. there's a boneyard. Mm-hmm. And the boneyard is often deep. And mm-hmm. the boneyard is often full of people that we before thought that that would never happen. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, it has to. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not even something that I have to say. 
Like I don't dictate that and I hope we don't get to that place, but I keep it in my mind's eye that it's certainly a possibility. And there's a lot of grief that comes up with this because Mm -hmm. they will often know that like, yeah, I, I had this one client who in the beginning of my work with her, I got to a point where I realized that both of her parents were deeply disordered Mm -hmm. and, you know, narcissist borderline kind of behavior and had been really, really terrible parents. And I said to her, and this is a rare occasion where I said, at some point you may have to come to the determination and understanding that your parents are too toxic for you to be in relationship mm-hmm. to, and that you probably wouldn't subject your children to, to, to the type of behavior that you experience. So, you know, you may have to create some distance with them. And she, she said, I, I couldn't possibly, that that will never happen. And I said, okay, okay. You know, fast forward some time from that conversation until now and you know, they're not welcome in her house mm-hmm. and she does not go there mm-hmm. and she's perfectly okay with that. Mm-hmm. And it's sad and it's unfortunate. It's not by virtue of someone being mean or cold or without any heart. As a matter of fact, when we start loving ourselves, we can no longer subject ourselves to the type of toxicity that we mm-hmm. once did. Mm-hmm. And that's You're not just blind to it anymore. You, you see it now once that's right. you, you can't unsee it. Yeah, that's the problem. Exactly. So you, once you, once you're like hyper right. aware you can't of unsee it, see that thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, I, mm-hmm. you know, I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've experienced it over the last few years myself with like my relationship with my dad. And, you know, I know that it's very important for both of us <laughs> that we limit our conversations to like a couple times a year, maybe. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's just Mm -hmm. too much Mm -hmm. conversation means things are going to come up that I don't want to hear, you know, and, and Mm -hmm. the same is true. You know, Mm -hmm. you talked about, Mm -hmm. you you know, your client who, you know, didn't invite that person over and didn't go to their house. It's much the same. Like if my dad's in town, we meet on neutral territory outside, like at a restaurant where, you know, it can't get too crazy and Mm -hmm. that's it, you know, because that's just how I know their witnesses. Yeah. Yeah. And it's how I know that, uh, (laughs) you know, the toxicity isn't gonna be to a degree that it would be, were he allowed to be in private with me and, and say the things that I know are just crawling through his mind, just, just waiting to tell me, you know? So, Mm -hmm. and it, it sucks. It, it sucks. It, It does. It has to suck for you to, you know, so I'm going to imagine some part of you, some younger version of yourself would love to be able to have, or maybe even an adult side of you would love to be able to have a relationship with your dad, but experience after experience, after experience, I'm going to be sure has told you that the level of toxicity that comes out of his mouth and in his behavior and his judgment of you is too much. And you've, again, I like to say family tries to remind us of perhaps who we've been or how they've seen us, not who we've become mm-hmm. or how they should understand us now. and. It's a disservice to who you've become to allow yourself to be treated that way or to force Corey to sit there and watch this person who's supposed to love you treat you the way he does. Right. That's exactly right. And it's it's interesting because when you're when you're seeing your therapist and I'm sure you you know, you talked about the grief that comes up when, you know, you have to start helping your clients through this kind of boneyard of shit where you you go through all this healing and you go through this journey and you're like ready to shine and you're you're on the right path and you feel like, you know, maybe I'm ready to take the training wheels off and then that shit happens where it's like 
oh my God, there are a lot of people <laughs> who are not helping me on my journey. Mm-hmm. And then you're right back to therapy mm-hmm. talking about, you know, the, the trauma that that brings up in you and the want to please that now you have to work through and all those uncomfortable feelings. At least that's the way it was for me because I, I am a people pleaser. I want everybody to be happy and nobody to be upset with me, especially. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, you have to work mm-hmm. through that. This is going to be very uncomfortable and it's going to suck, but it's the right path. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you know, for someone like yourself who is, you know, self-described appeaser, which is essentially, you know, you're trying to keep the peace. There's a version of that that's a fawner where that person tries to, has to feeds the alligator so it doesn't eat you trying to make the peace. You could never really be in that room. And the energy that you expend to try and make sure everybody's okay, with the exception of yourself, of course. And then you know, you have some blowhard like me who says, Hey, you shouldn't do that anymore. You should try to like heal yourself and learn that that little girl in you needs to be loved and cared for and needs to be able to express the, all the wonderful beauty that's in her. And you're like, what, what do you mean? But then you see that. Right. And you've recognized that. Yeah. And you start to live fully and out loud into who you actually are. Mm -hmm. It's really, really hard to go back. Yeah. yeah. It, that's, you said something as you were talking that really resonated, which is like everybody had space in that room, but you. And it's so true. Like when you're, when you are healing on your journey, you know, you're focused on, you know, the pain that you're experiencing or the thing someone's doing wrong or whatever the case might be. And you're not really focused on like, Hey, what about me? What about the space that I take up that deserves mm-hmm. to take up that space? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's why it's such a painful process and why you need a blowhard friend mm-hmm. like Lair. Yeah. Sign up because I need the money. <laughs> <laughs> After that Christmas present I bought you, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Back of the truck. It's true. Well, because look, it's really hard. I think, I think it's really difficult for us to dive those depths on our own. It's not that we can't do it, but it's hard for us to see the forest for the trees when we get to healing on this level. We start to realize perhaps how we've been treated and we recognize that those younger versions of us maybe didn't feel loved, didn't feel safe, didn't feel like we mattered or that we were enough and that that's why we got that treatment. And when we begin to recognize that through our own interventions or through reading and Uh, self-reflection or you go to a blowhard like me and talk about it again you cannot unsee that color you cannot unsee that you can try but that that part of you is now fully up and in your face and asking for healing asking for reintegration into the self and so to go back and then then it then what it does is it highlights other relationships that perhaps aren't just familial you begin to see that like oh i've recapitulated that scenario of I don't matter or I'm not enough or I'm not safe in my love relationship, in my job, mm-hmm. with my friends. Mm-hmm. And so this is where the boneyard starts getting really deep. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. as we come into this understanding and these adult, more compensated parts of us come to the table and go, oh, uh, no, no. This is when we start kind of going, yeah, I can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a part of that group. I don't want to be with that person on vacation. I can't subject the younger parts of me to that anymore. Mm -hmm. And so 
it's not even about what that therapist has said so much as that you've rung a bell within yourself that you can no longer unhear mm. and it, it keeps showing itself to you. And if you don't listen, this is where that, I think that karmic debt comes in because mm. I believe that the universe starts throwing little pebbles at your window and then it's throwing little rocks and finally they're hurling, you know, flaming bricks and mm. you better listen. Because that that lesson is here for you to know and for you to understand. That's yourself. such a good point. I I like that. I like that you like as you're healing, you become in tune with this new frequency of your soul, almost where it's like, hey, that's the that's mm-hmm, that thing mm-hmm. that I've been suppressing for so long, or that thing that has been underneath a pile of trauma and hurt and whatever, that now I can hear it. And when I'm around these people, I don't hear it. And that's a problem. That's like your first red flag mm-hmm. of something being not mm-hmm. right. And I also think it's interesting that you brought up, you know, how many relationships this can affect, because that's something I've been dealing with the end of this year, where it's like, I used to be the person with my job who was like, thank you. That's so generous, knowing full well that my compensation was a load of bullshit that I was getting, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the things that I've been working through in my healing journey this at the end of this year is creating new standards for my business and who I am mm. as a, a worker, mm-hmm. I guess you would say, because, you know, I used to accept like, okay, well, and I used to accept that. Okay, well, that's fine. Maybe I'll get more money next year. Maybe I'll get paid what I should be paid next year. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, no, mm-hmm. Mm, mm-hmm. no, <laughs> no. We're not going to wait anymore. So how does it feel? How does it feel to set up those new boundaries? Like in this particular case, in your relationship to your work and your relationship to, to clients, what's that like for you to set that boundary as you're doing terrifying it? because I'm still working on it. <laughs> I'm still healing. So, right. yes. <laughs> but it's so, I think that's how, you know, you're doing the right thing. That's very true. If you don't feel that little bit of who oh, God, then probably you're not quite hearing that frequency <laughs> yet, but yeah, absolutely. It was terrifying. I was so nervous about sending some of these emails. I talked to friends in the industry and friends outside of the industry, other entrepreneurs like you and, and got advice. And it was like, yeah, you know, I, I have to do this, even though it sucks and I'm so uncomfortable and I'm terrified of what someone's going to think of me at the end of the day, I have to be true to the value that I bring to the table. And that means you can't pay me entry level rates anymore or whatever the case might be. So yeah, it's, it sucks. It's, it's healing, but the, the downsides of healing are that when you start healing, it sucks. (laughs) Well, you know, it's so hard. It is. But those boundaries that you begin to create as a Brene Brown said that the most compassionate people in the world are the most boundary people in the world. And and people kind of scratch their head at that and go, how is that possible? Because you're saying no. Mm. And how is that more compassionate? And the best I can figure on that is that like, you're not creating relationships doubling down on scenarios that ultimately you end up being resentful. Your truth mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. is the compassion, 
right? Your boundaries are your truth. And that we find compassion because I am now setting the stage for what could be a more healthy relationship if both people are willing to play. Now, if that means someone's going to go ahead and pay you the rate that they should, that's great. I think everyone ends up feeling pretty good about that. But if you're changing the rules with and changing the cultural fabric of like a familial relationship as an example, that mm-hmm. very, very, that very often can go the other way. I know it did for me, you know, with, with the boundaries I set with my own mother. And so, you know, whether your parent is just kind of a dick has a, you know, a personality disorder like my wife's or his, is, is dealing with unchecked addiction. Like my mother, when I told her, listen, I love you and I'm willing to do whatever I can to help you beat this thing, but you, you know, can't be loaded to the gills around the kids. Right. And that got pushback. And I had, like I said, I re-upped for that conversation because it was an important relationship in my life. And I re-upped again for the conversation and I re-upped again. And the more I re-upped for the conversation and tried to make space and tried to reaffirm my boundaries, the more agitated and incensed she became. Mm. And so it was at that point that I had to say, okay, you're making this choice. I'm not. Mm-hmm. You're picking alcohol over your son, over your over your daughter-in-law and over your two beautiful grandchildren. And so that's a choice you're making. And people forget that. It's like, just because you Mm -hmm. change the rules for the better and you got healthy and you're not the asshole, but people will try and make you the asshole because Mm -hmm. you've, you know, you've turned the board over and said, Scrabble sucks. We're playing Monopoly or whatever it is. And so, you know, you're, you're not the asshole here. You're the one who's arguing for health. You're the one who's, who's, who's arguing for, uh, you know, no toxicity and perhaps, you know, the, the sans addiction mm-hmm. and, and, but people will try and make you feel like you're the dick and you have to hold mm-hmm. that space of like, okay. And I had to do this. I'm like, you're choosing this, not me. Mm-hmm. And that was hard. That was really it's hard. It's such a hard lesson. Cause you want, you, 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 you want them to choose you. You want them to choose yeah. And, and because I think, I think one of the upsides of healing is that you start feeling good, like literally physically Mm -hmm. you start feeling Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. I can handle things better than I used to be able to handle things. And you want Mm -hmm. to like share that vibe with people. And some people just don't want it. They don't, they don't see it as an improvement in you because it's easier for them to treat you the way that they want to treat you, but it's absolutely their choice. And it's also your choice to say, okay, then I have to put significant limitations on our relationship or we can't have a relationship anymore. Well, that's right. And I think too, you can, we've talked about this before. I've talked about the difference between Eastern expectations and Western expectations mm-hmm. in our, in our Western minds, you know, we look at, we have expectations of everyone and everything. And, and so we will set our expectations. Well, with this type of thing, perhaps as we heal, we look at our, the people around us and, and we can save some of the relationships, but we have to keep people say, no, you mean lower the expectations? Well, from a Western perspective, sure. But from an Eastern perspective, we should always be setting the expectations of the people, places, and things around us based on our experience of them. And that's kind of a different mm-hmm. thing. You know, you, you set that expectation for who they've always been or who you've seen them to be. 
And you, you know, you boundary yourself around that. Maybe you don't spend as much time under the same roof as we talked about in how to go home for the holidays. Mm -hmm. You have a car, you know, you're not staying there the whole time because I expect you to not show up in this place that I want you to, but to show up as you always have. And so for that, it doesn't have, maybe, maybe you don't have to create so much of a boneyard. You don't have to cut off family members. Mm -hmm. You just mitigate Mm -hmm. and mitigate and mitigate, but you know, it does force you into that sort of adult mm-hmm. position, always having to be the adult, mm-hmm. the roles will reverse. That'll be a thing. Mm-hmm. But it's important to to gauge that. And if you want to keep some of those, you can, but you have to like look at those and expect, look at the expectations that you have, make sure they're in line with who that person mm-hmm. has always been. Exactly. And I think, you know, on the positive side of things, that there mm-hmm. are some times where you have set your expectations based on someone's previous behavior, but you have to be able to adjust those expectations Mm. if they do put in the work, you know, and that was my situation Mm. with Corey where I started in therapy. He wasn't in therapy and it was this weird sort of, you know, I was trying to like make myself in the into the person that I wanted to be. And he was still in this kind of dark place. And at some point, I don't remember exactly what the, what the trigger was, but at some point he started reading articles and started getting invested in, you know, my, my journey through therapy and through my own mental health and things like that. And that, was interesting for me because I realized I was still responding to him as I had known him and not as, so I was getting really defensive and things like that. And he was actively trying to like behave in a different way. So I think it's, I think that there it's important to say that while there will be relationships that have to be strictly boundaried. There are opportunities Mm -hmm. where people will be inspired by your healing and it will inspire their Mm -hmm. own healing. And, you know, you can create a situation where you both are able to come together on a totally different level. And I, I think what's, you know, my, my sister-in-law, she's a therapist. And when we first you know, we, we had our, we had our rocky moments, but I, what I've come to realize is that both of our healing journeys have gotten to such a place that we now see each other as a safe space at the holidays. And we now see each other as like, yeah. And so that, and it's been such a blessing during like high stretch situations to have them there because I'm like, I know where they're at and I know I'm at that place and I know everybody's Mm -hmm. safe within this bubble. So don't fear the downsides of healing completely. There are some situations where your, your work can inspire other people and their work could inspire you too. That's right. I love that. Listen to you go. Yeah. Who's the therapy (laughs) mama now? Talking too much. No, you're not. You're dropping nuggets of profundity. <laughs> well, I, I just, I, you know, when we, we always talk about our topics beforehand and mm-hmm. when you had suggested this one, I was like, oh, such a good point and such a good thing to talk about. And especially since we were just talking <laughs> about, you know, the shit we deal with during the holidays. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so 
you know, this is a perfect sort of example of you're going into a space that could be hostile, but you have new standards and Mm -hmm. expectations like you were talking about that now you have to navigate Mm -hmm. in addition to all the other shit you might have to navigate. So listen, yeah, self-care. Well, right. This is a small point, but I want to bring it up. It's, um, you know, sometimes the downside of healing is in some of the smaller pieces, but no, nonetheless, like important to recognize. One of my teachers said that the downside of, of her healing journey, and I don't think either one of us have this problem, was that she lost her humor because uh, her humor was, yeah. <laughs> what is that? What do you mean? <laughs> well, I think her humor, <laughs> we are hysterical. Just ask us, we'll tell you. She, <laughs> She's, I think her humor was often gossipy and kind of, you know, judgy. Mm -hmm. And so she had to Mm kind of reel that in uh, to recognize that, like, you know, looking at the world through a different lens and trying to be a a healthier version of herself. She did. She lost that, like those, those friends of hers that wanted to gossip more, talk about that Mm -hmm. person. She wasn't any, she wasn't interested any longer in that conversation. Mm-hmm. I know for me, mm-hmm. I That's lost, really interesting. Yeah, yeah, I lost like, um, interest in sports, sports that I'm not playing. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit around and, okay. you know, for inordinate amounts of time and watch other people do cool shit. I'm going to go out and do cool shit myself. And that doesn't make me necessarily the most popular person in the room with other guys who maybe want to talk about the, you know, what this football team's doing and who's coaching that college team. And I'm like, yeah, I don't give a shit. Because I don't care. I look at it as, as I just don't fucking care. I right. look at it as a construct. Right. Like there, this is just something to hypnotize the masses. And I'm just like, I can't be bothered to care about this. And I, I mean, look, not that if I'm watching a football game or a hockey game, I can't understand. I look at the athleticism and I can get involved, but it's like, it's, it's sort of, it's a, it's a drama and it's, it can be fun and exciting and all those things, mm-hmm. but it's sort of lost its luster for me. And so that part of my healing was mm-hmm. I didn't lose my humor or my uh, ability to you know, say naughty things that stayed with me. It was, it was something silly, like sports. Like I'm just like, I competition doesn't really, and and that level doesn't really, you know, blow my hair back anymore. Like watching somebody else lose while I win. I know this is against Americana and all the things, but it just doesn't do anything for me anymore. Um, the empathy, the the, the empath in me is like, Oh man, that guy feels like shit. That's too bad. Um, Right. Right. So you're like, this sucks for them. <laughs> I can kind of feel no, that. No, that's, that's <laughs> right. Right. And it, and it's such a good point. I mean, like, obviously if your best friend loved football, you'd listen to them talk about it. It just changed for you. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the good thing is, is now I go out and do cool shit. Right. Well, that's exactly right. Like not your mom's therapy. Instance. As just as a, <laughs> as an EG, if you will, an IE, uh, you know? All right. Comma, parentheses. (laughs) I'm thinking, I'm reflecting on that because I'm like, what things have changed for me? And I think what changed for me is my social life. Mm -hmm. I used to feel like it was my responsibility to go to all my friends' parties, to, you know, make sure that I'm, you know, doing X, Y, and Z. And I started reflecting on it and I was like, you know what? I don't fucking enjoy parties. Really? It's not my thing. Like it stresses huh. me out. Like, I feel this like weird obligation to talk to people and like not be the fucking dud at mm-hmm. the party. Mm-hmm. And so, and I'm like, 
I would rather be at home in my pajamas yeah, reading a book. I'm, I'm kind of with you on that because, again, the thing that I lost, and by no means am I trying to say that like this makes me better than anybody else, although it does, is that uh, <laughs> I don't like one of my friends recently. He he said to me, he goes, "Yeah, you're just sort of like quietly brooding all the time," and I'm like, "No, that's not what that is. I just don't give a shit about small talk either. I can't really do." Small talk. I have a hard time with small talk. But if you want to talk to me about your kids or your relationship or the thing you're passionate about, I'm fucking all in. Let's do that. But I just can't, right. you know. Yeah. And 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 so I would just prefer not to spend the energy. And years past, yeah. I would have. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, blah, 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 get another glass of wine will help. And you know, you pour some booze on it, and you're just as yeah. chatty as you can possibly be. And I'm just kind of not as interested in, in in skimming off the surface. I would much rather talk to people at depth. And I just don't know if, you know, how many people actually want to do that or can. Right. No, I, I, it's, it's, it's funny because our small talk as friends is making each other fucking laugh hysterically. (laughs) Like that's, that's our small talk. If you can't fucking make us laugh, don't small talk us. Okay. We don't have time for it. No, we're looking for, we're looking for dick jokes. We're looking for fart jokes. We're looking for lowbrow humor. As evidence of our ascension (laughs) to enlightenment. I'm healing. <laughs> I love this. I, I really do. Irony. I really do. It's uh, it, listen. I, you and I are a special breed. I think that's. I think that's where we should end this. <laughs> and I think that's where we should pick up next time. And we should do an entire episode on why we're so good. On us. People are going to leave this episode and go, "What a couple of assholes." <laughs> Wow, they think they're pretty fucking great. Unsubscribe, yeah. Yeah. unfollow, fine. Fine. unstar. Because you know what? I throw you in the bin of toxic relationships now. I do not. I'm changing the rules. <laughs> but you know who always has our back no matter what? Norway. You know what? They really do. They always have our back no matter oh, what. Out there. They think we're fucking funny. They do. They they love it. I- I recently had someone say that they would kind of wish that we would get through some of the banter and the laughter and the, and the antics and get to the meat. Cause what we talk about is pretty awesome. And, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's not, I said, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. It's just You're not, get, you know, no. bless you for sharing your opinion. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for mm-hmm. that. Absolutely. It came not. from a sweet, kind <laughs> heart, but uh, it's not right. going to happen. No, we, we have too much it's fun just, in the sandbox. Listen, it, yeah, exactly. And also, there's a little button that lets you skip 15 seconds ahead. So just hit that a couple mm. times. You'll get back to the meat. You'll get back to it. You'll well, find it. Well, and if you look at the little ticker thing on the, and you can see where, like, you can see where the, 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 uh, how loud and, and the, the, <laughs> The, the recording has gotten those the fat parts. Wave? That's yeah, you yeah, and yeah. me yucking it up and acting like a couple of douchebags. <laughs> <That's so good. laughs> Lindsay tries so hard to mitigate those spikes in volume, but listen, avoid woman. those. You know those what? Though? I'm sorry. If you want to, I'm sorry. I think she's just as bad as we are. I think, you know what? She's, she's in cahoots. She's a co-conspirator. I have a feeling that her sense when, of humor, it could only be as bad listen, as ours. I, I know you're right. And here's how I know you're right. She put the fucking zipper mm-hmm. sound in our podcast. <laughs> Lindsay is so goddamn funny. She did. Like, I know she fucking, she could yeah. hang yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. She well, truly can. Listen, yeah, we're lucky to have her. We really are. Thank you for talking to me today about the downsides of healing. And thank you to our listeners for listening mm-hmm. to us, liking and subscribing. Of course, you can always leave a review. Mm-hmm. And then you can email us at Not Your Mama's Therapy. I welcome dick pics. Um, you can also find us on mm-hmm. NYM Therapy on Instagram <clears throat> and Twitter, potentially soon TikTok. And of course, you can follow Lair Torrent holistic therapist on Instagram. And finally, if you are interested in reading Lair's book, mm-hmm. you can purchase it pretty much anywhere. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, your local bookstore. Right. It's mm-hmm. called The Practice of Love. That's true. And it's also, I just, I, I know I've never mentioned this before. It's also available on audiobook, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen. That's He's right. Yeah, you rarely mention that. Yeah. It's, I always forget mm-hmm. that part. Yeah, the sultry sounds. <laughs> One one thing I do want to mention before we end is I'm going to be doing a retreat in Portugal. It is a yoga informed retreat where it'll be a sort of befriending the self, getting in touch with the soul, learning how to not only love your partner, but yourself. It's a uh, six day retreat in Portugal and people can find that uh, in the link in my bio at, at, at Claire Torn Holistic Therapist on Instagram. It's also on my website, alertorrent.com. That's awesome. It's in May. Is yeah. Ashley going to be there? Just asking for a friend. That friend is me. Yeah, I know. She's going to be there. It's going to, yeah. Yeah, she's going to be there. And apparently she's going to be scantily clad. Does that help anybody? Whew. Okay. Well, hold on. Let me just book those flights. What are the dates again? <laughs> and your night vision goggles. <laughs> I'm like out in a hammock, like trying to fucking pee through. In a ghillie suit. <laughs> My jungle ghillie suit. <laughs> <Don't>. right. Shh. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> Shut up, Corey. <laughs> like I'd bring Corey with me. He doesn't get he doesn't deserve that. <laughs> That's for me. Okay. That's self-care. Uh, okay. That's right. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining I think me our today. Work is done here. And thank you. Yeah, I agree. Thank you to everybody who's listening to us. And we look forward to talking to you again in a couple See you then. weeks. I need my therapy.